Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in John chapter 11. It reads, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with the ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after he said this to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, and his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. 
He did not say this of his own accord, but being the high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who were scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country of Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think, that he will not come up to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. For today's nugget of truth, we're going to focus how this miracle that we see displayed here in John chapter 11 further sets the stage for the great miracle that Jesus is going to do when he rises from the dead after dying on the cross. But first, we have to understand that there are other people that Jesus has raised from the dead. From other accounts in scripture, we can see that Jesus raised Jairus' daughter, who had just recently died, as well as the widow's son from the city of Nain in the Luke chapter 7 account. That individual was actually in his casket and headed to the burial when we look at that account. But this account displays that Lazarus has already been dead for a considerable amount of time. Because as we look at verse 39, it says he's already been dead for four days. So we see like a progressive elevation in the amount of time that has taken place between the individual's death as well as then the resurrection time. So we have first this person who was seemingly dead who... Many people might say, actually, hey, maybe this person hadn't died, yet was raised in Jairus' daughter. But we know from the timing of what took place, it was Jesus who miraculously healed this dead person. We see that in the accounts of Jairus' daughter being raised from the dead. Then there could be an argument that that person had not yet died. But here with the person in the city of Nain, we see that that individual was being actually carried to the burial process. So this person, more people would have believed that they've died. But if there's any doubt that Jesus could raise from the dead, this man has been in the tomb for four days. And yet when he comes out, he walks out covered in the linen strips with his face wrapped around with a cloth like he had just been walking out of a normal room. So he has been dead and he has been in the tomb yet he walks out in the fullness of what's going on. And so this is really important for us to understand as we see that he truly has power over death because he's been saying that he's going to die and rise from the dead. And the people have not really been understanding what's going on, but he's going to display that truth. He has the power over death. And when we see the similarities between what's going to take place in this account and what we will see with the resurrection of Jesus is when this individual walks out, It's clearly displaying that this person has had not just a raising from a dead, but a healing of the previous condition. Because if he was dying, he's not going to get better in the grave for four days. We'll see with the arguments that some people put out there that, hey, Jesus wasn't actually dead. He just seemed to be dead. Yet he lays in a tomb for three days and somehow miraculously gets better. Doesn't really make sense. We know also here that the plot to kill Jesus is now going to be even heightened because of what he's done. People are now following because they understand, hey, maybe you could second guess some of these other miracles. Maybe you could say, hey, he's a magician. He's a trickster. He's done something to show us here that that's not the case. No one can argue with what's taken place here in the resurrection of Lazarus. And so this increases or heightens the scrutiny or the pressure that's coming from the other religious leaders to get Jesus out of the picture. 
And as we look at this situation and how it's expanding, we see that the disciples are still not even in full understanding of what's going on. As I read this passage today, one of the questions that I had was, hey, what's going on with Thomas's words here? Because Thomas says, hey, let's go that we may die with him thinking that we would go die with Lazarus. And as I looked into this more, there's a lot of people that say, hey, these disciples were realistic, that the pressure is coming from all around them. They're probably going to die for following Jesus because of the plots that are coming to arrest Jesus and to possibly kill or crucify or whatever else they want to do with him. They realize that it's getting to the point that uh, the situation is heating up. But Thomas here is displaying great courage and great understanding that, hey, we're here with you, Jesus, to do what you have asked us to do. If that means we're going to die, we're going to die. But it also is kind of this like defeatist attitude that, hey, yeah, I guess let's just go and die. But in some ways, he understands that this trip to Judea, this last trip into this place, is going to be far different from the ones before. The situation around him is changing. It's unfolding in different ways. He doesn't fully understand what that means. But he realizes, and I believe the rest of the disciples around also understand, hey, this is a game changer what's going to take place. And when they see him saying, I am the resurrection and the life, as he raises Lazarus from the dead, they're still not comprehending what that's going to mean for the future. So their faith is still growing. They're still working through this situation. But in some ways, Jesus is displaying things that they're going to be able to look back on and see That's what he meant. This is how he was doing this, because their faith is still in seedling form. And so as we think about that today, as we think about our position, as we read this now some 2,000 years later, as we think about these events that are taking place, we understand that Jesus is building himself up to be the Messiah based upon these actions so that the individuals present cannot argue what took place. In the same way as we read these accounts, even though it's thousands of years later, that we see the historicity of what's taken place, we understand that these are historical events and that these healings, though people have tried to say that they didn't take place, they've withstood the test of time. People have been unable to successfully argue that they haven't taken place. And so we see that in the following chapters, this event is so significant to the growth of the faith that the people now want to try to kill Lazarus. Because if you can kill the guy who Jesus raised from the dead, you can say, no, look, he didn't really raise him from the dead. So the significance of this event in growing the faith of the church and growing the faith of the followers of Christ is one of the greatest in terms of the miracles that Jesus has done. And so as you reflect on that today, as Jesus has revealed himself as the resurrection and the life, the one who has power over death in this situation, I pray that it gives us a greater understanding of how his victory over death can impact our lives and bring us that resurrection and the life that we seek. So as you walk through that today, as you walk through this passage today, as you look at different things, seeing here the humanity of Christ as he weeps and the different things that are in this situation, as a close friend dies and he raises him from the dead, I pray that you seek out questions that you can answer. Maybe you want to look more into verse 16, what Thomas is saying. Or or another place that I considered talking about was Caiaphas's remarks and the different things that are there with the high priest and the prophecy that's taking place. Whatever the question is that you have in this chapter or the people around you have, search into that. 
Look at it. Understand it in a greater sense. Study God's word with those people, with those individuals that are in your life so that you're collectively sharpening one another and growing in your love daily for the Lord. Know today you are loved. You're-